Hello, Pastor Lisa Bates Froyland here from Redeemer Lutheran Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Welcome to our third season of the Redeemer Lives, Redeemer Lives podcast. The first two seasons used an interview format to explore the pandemic lives of several wonderful people connected to the ministry of our small, diverse, and mighty city congregation. This season, we wanted to offer a more portable way to take in the weekly preaching and music at Redeemer. Listen, as I do, to tons of podcasts while driving, walking my dog Titus, folding laundry, washing dishes, you get the picture. For the fall months of 2022, join us for our series, Peter, Paul, and Mary, as we follow the scriptural impact of three early Christian figures, Peter the Rock, Paul the Pen, and Mary Magdalene, the Tower of Our Faith Tradition. There is a narrative arc to these three months and perhaps some surprising twists and turns along the way, leading us to deeper questions about the decisions that were made along the way that have left us with the church in its current form. Not only that, but perhaps in these past leaders, we might see a way forward. And now, here's the sermon. I invite you to be seated, and as you're being seated, once again, thank you, um, Pastor Mike, for the welcome, and thank you all for the hospitality uh, to me as I visit you. And in a lot of ways, I don't feel like a visitor here. I I feel like I'm coming home. There are people who um, are are sitting here among the congregation who have worked with me in various ways in Milwaukee and in the city, Um, and, and your hospitality for whatever reason, has, has, has just bound me to, to you across time and space as, as, we, learn the read, in the, as we learn in this reading um, will happen with Peter. So let us take a moment to center ourselves. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation on each heart be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I hear in these last few weeks, you've been doing a series on the faith of Peter in this fall Peter, Paul, and Mary Magdalene series. Peter's impulsive faith, Peter who needed forgiveness after his faith seemed to falter, Peter whom Jesus loved with his foibles, his faults, his failures, and all of it. And today we discover that the fervent faith of Peter the Rock was not set in stone. Peter's faith was a living one, following Jesus, the one whom the stone could not contain. Today our story picks up about noon that day, as they were on their journey. Peter went up to the roof. They were not people Peter had met before. They were servants of a centurion soldier, Cornelius. And this Cornelius had served God as best he could. He gave to the poor. He shared what he had. He prayed fervently. And Cornelius, unlike Peter, was not Jewish. He didn't live by all of those food laws that we just heard about in the earlier reading. And so just before our text picks up, God came to Cornelius in this vision, and he told him, Cornelius, your prayers are answered. Go find this guy Peter. He's at this house, he's in this city, bring him back to your house. So Cornelius, being the centurion that he was, sent his soldiers to Peter to invite Peter back to his home, where the whole household would be able to hear Peter's message. Peter has no idea 
that this all happened with Cornelius. He's just hanging out at home up on the roof, waiting on a meal as they were on their way. Again, they people who likely did not share Peter's faith, his food, his customs, his clothing, or his culture. And as they travel, Peter has this bizarre vision of the, the sheet descending down from heaven with animals on it. Animals, we heard, were unclean to Peter. Unclean to his people, according to Jewish tradition. Don't eat them. And he sees these animals and this invitation, Peter, get up and eat. And Peter says, no. I'm going to keep true to my faith. I may have faltered in some ways, but my convictions, at least thus far, have kept me kosher. It's central to the faith. And then he hears, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. He hears it three times. What God has made holy, you must not say is unholy. By no means, I'm not doing it. What God has called holy is holy, Peter. He's trying to understand what just happened as these others approach him, profane to Peter. And he ends up doing something that he thought he probably never would have done. He invites them into his house to stay the night with him, sharing his food with them. And then he travels back to Cornelius' house where others, unlike him, likely served him food that he had never touched before. Food that he was graciously able to accept out of love for them. This crazy vision helped form Peter's faith, but it's not a simple, this food was unclean then, and now all of a sudden it's clean. It's Peter learning all about how friendship and faith and food, especially friends and food that may be foreign to us, how we can all share them in a way that reveals the body of Christ. And for Peter, in this instant, it's being open to receiving food from others and finding that Christ is already present with them as he begins to proclaim the good news. Next month, you dive into the faith of Paul, and for him, who wasn't Jewish first, he comes to the conclusion that for others, you know what? I'm not going to eat some of these foods because it hurts them in their faith. It's how is Jesus speaking to me in this moment with these people in this place so that the grace of God might be fully shared? so that the presence of Christ might come to us in surprising people whom we may have dismissed. Years ago, I was working in a military hospital serving as a chaplain. There were about 10 chaplains, all of us of different faith backgrounds. Three of the chaplains were Seventh-day Adventist. One was an Orthodox rabbi. And we were all going to celebrate a holiday together, and the chaplain in charge to host the event, the senior officer said, we're gonna have a pig roast. <laughs> and the Seventh-day Adventist said, well, we can come to the party, but we can't partake. And the rabbi said, I think you know that I can't partake, but I can't even be present on site. And the senior hosting, this officer, a chaplain who is charged to defend the religious freedoms of others, says, well, this is what we're doing. In that moment, he was unable to extend hospitality to his colleagues in a way that welcomed them in their cultural context. He was simply fixed on, well, pig roast is the tradition for us here. And the senior officer, he and the rabbi kind of go at it, tells the rabbi, look, if it's going to make you uncomfortable, just don't come. You're free from this community. 
And that's what I thought was going to happen. A couple days pass. The party has a, it's the day of the party. And despite his legitimate fears, fears that he would be chastised by his own faith family, the rabbi came with his wife and his children. Despite his convictions, his faith called him at least for a moment to be a living witness of the grace that God extends to those whose customs are different. And he did it better than any of the Christians there. Peter's vision, Peter's faith, is not simply about who eats this food or who eats that food, but how does God empower us to extend and to receive hospitality and to love people whose customs are different? And how does God then surprise us in the grace that is already present in them? It's about Jesus empowering Peter to extend and receive hospitality and grace as they approach him, whoever they are, and Peter's willingness to listen to God call him in a new way when he thought that his faith said something else. And in my own story I just shared, it was the one who kept the food laws, who witnessed to it more fully, than the one who understood this text to the T. I don't imagine most of us have had, maybe you have, had a crazy vision like Peter where God speaks to you in this sheet with animals to descending. But in small ways, God continues to work in us to open our hearts to others, to welcome them into community without forcing them to change who they are or what they eat or where they live or what they look like or who they love before they can come and sit at the table or stay the night in this place or receive any food that will really fill them. And as God does that in us, God works in the others to be open to us in simple ways. I send my kids to a preschool of a pretty tight Christian group. They don't really pray with other people. I'm not part of that group. And one day as I was dropping them off, the director said, would you like to come and leave chapel with me sometime? Or to an Iraqi colonel I was overseas deployed one time, visiting some soldiers, trying to do my best not to offend his customs and his culture. And I messed up, but as I was about to leave, he said, would you stay with us? Would you be our imam? Because God always hears the prayers of the faithful. Perhaps someone has surprised you like that. Maybe not just like that. We all have different experiences. In an unexpected way, who shared love with you across a divide, and you knew somehow that Christ was present, allowing you then to be open to welcome, to welcome others without saying, you know, like, Peter, he didn't say, you know, when I get to Cornelius' house, I'm going to tell them that they have to change everything before I start preaching. As he followed Jesus, the impulsive Peter followed them. He followed them back to Cornelius' house, to a home where they served him food that he'd never thought he'd eat. And when he arrived, he saw Jesus in them and not only welcomed them with this message and baptized them, baptizing them as they were, but he allowed himself to be welcomed by them receiving their gifts. I've seen and I've heard and I've experienced this congregation has been blessed with a lot of thems who come and gather around this table, who gather around tables downstairs, 
Some need food, some need shelter, some need just a bit of bread or an encouraging word. And this body here doesn't say, well, first you need to do this and get yourself cleaned up, maybe change your customs or your your clothes, maybe take a shower, and, and then we can talk about Jesus. Then you can hear what we have to offer you. No, like Peter who heard, what God has made clean is holy. I bear witness through them. And like Peter who was open to his confusion, to his confusing vision, and all of the confusing and messy situations in which we find ourselves, we're so often blessed by Christ in them, stretching, but ultimately strengthening our faith. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a prisoner and you visited me. Some of you know that one of my children, now five, I was here five years ago and just got placement of her. That was the last time I was here five years ago and I still feel welcome. Just got placement of her um, through the foster care system. And for two years, she never ate anything by mouth. And because of DCFS and the system, she couldn't be baptized. In Christian tradition, the typical path is baptism and then communion. That is our custom. Well, one Sunday in church, she was just a tiny baby, not even a year old. A woman picked her up, and she knows I'm telling the story, she's here. A woman picked her up, and she carried her up to the communion table. And the woman, not really knowing what she was doing, broke off a bit of bread and placed it in my baby's mouth. And I kind of, <laughs> kind of panicked for lots of different reasons. But to my amazement, she actually swallowed it and ate it, and enjoyed it. And for months, the only food that she took by mouth was what she came to call Jesus bread. And though by code or custom she couldn't technically conform to the community tradition, baptism before communion, no one could or no one would withhold this food from her. We all saw that Christ had welcomed her as she was, and we were not foregoing our faith by sharing the food. In the very common sharing of the food, something we see every Sunday, a broken body was being healed, but more so healing us. In the body of the one who enfleshed a faith that was never set in stone, who sat with Samaritans, who dined with tax collectors, who healed on the Sabbath, and who cried on the cross. May the living Lord who welcomed Peter to an unknown table, who welcomes us to this table, continue to welcome you, to feed you, to form your faith, that you may see him as family in the flesh of all of them who we meet outside. Amen. There's no heaven It's easy if you try No hell below us 
countries it isn't hard to do nothing to kill or die for and no religion to And there you have it, a sermon and a song. Hope you are inspired, fortified, challenged by these podcasts, and also willing to donate to support our ministry in the heart of Milwaukee. Online, go to www.redeemermilwaukee.org. An old-fashioned paper check means no fees for you or for me. Redeemer Church, 631 North 19th Street, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53233. That's Redeemer Church, 631 North 19th Street, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53233. Until next time, 
May our gracious God increase your hope, strengthen your faith, deepen your capacity for love, and grant you peace. Uh-huh.